Welcome to This Week in Lotus. The weekly roundtable discussion of all things social, collaboration, technology and community. Here's your host, Stuart McIntyre. This Week in Lotus, episode 59, recorded on Thursday, 7th July 2011. Darren, I completely agree with you. This show is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. You can find this and other tech-related podcasts at techpodcast.com. Well, hello and welcome to episode 59 of This Week in Lotus. I'm Stuart McIntyre and as ever, I'm joined by my co-host Darren Duke. Good morning, Darren. Hello, Stuart. Hello, the world. Hello, America. It's an all-American episode today. Apart from me. The, the oh, imposter yeah. from the you, old world. You don't count. <laughs> Thanks, mate. And how's your week been? <laughs> it's one of these super-duper short ones, because Monday over here was the day we all celebrate kicking you guys out, so yeah. to speak. When, when the English left, because there was too many mosquitoes. That's what I tell the Americans. That sounds almost like you qualify yourself as an American now. I've, I've, I'm coming to the slow realization that after it was 15 years last week that I moved here. Wow. Long so, time. as I said on Quicker, uh, on Quicker, on Twitter, on <laughs> all these ERs, as I said on uh, Twitter, I guess that probably means I've officially emigrated. <laughs> I think so, after all this time. Well, of course, we were all lazing around on Monday too. Um, just a user group or two over here, so it's somewhat different in London. But it was—it's uh, been a good week, very busy, uh, but lots of interesting customer discussions going on. So uh, maybe we can bring some of those up as we go through. We're joined by a couple of folks that are new to this week in Lotus. This week, first of all, we have John Head from PSC. Hi there, John. Good morning. Good afternoon to everybody. Yeah, good afternoon to you. How's your week been, John? Uh, as Darren said, it's been short. Um, I, I took a lot of time off in June, so July is about getting back to work. So, Excellent. Do you want to tell us what you do for PSC? Yeah, so my official title is a Director of Enterprise Collaboration, which is a fancy way of not saying salesperson on my business card. <laughs> um, uh, so I, I've been at PSC for over 10 years, um, consulting, and now mostly in a business development role uh, in in all spaces. Uh, I think one of the things that makes PSC different than a lot of the well-known partners in the Lotus community is we are not a sole IBM practitioner. We are a you know, 100-person, multiple-location company with very strong practices in IBM, Microsoft, uh, and in uh, a lot of uh, the SOA enterprise spaces, and we, you know, and a lot of the other collaboration stuff like Salesforce. So my job is out there uh, selling and evangelizing PSC and everything we do. Excellent. Of course, you speak at Lotus Sphere and, and plenty of other events besides. Yeah, you know, the the speaking is, uh, you know, for me has always been. Uh, it's an excuse to to hang out with my friends in the early days. I think you guys know what I mean by that. Um, but now it's turned into probably the best sales tool ever. Excellent. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast today. I know we've been trying to line this up for a little while, so great that you could join us uh, on the episode. Thank you. And we also have uh, Jonathan Greep as well. Hi there, Jonathan. Hey, Stuart. How are you? Hello, uh- I'm very good, thank you. And this is once again one of those episodes where I should have asked you how to pronounce your surname first. So did I get it right? Uh, that's right. Greep is, is correct. It, it's, it's counterintuitive, actually. Mark it on the calendar, Darren. I got first one right. First time ever. <laughs> oh, my God. And Jonathan, do you want to tell us who you work for and what you do? Uh, yeah, I'm president of uh, JPG Consulting. Uh, we're a consulting company, basically develops software. Um for uh, different organizations. Um, when we first started in 97, um, been a Lotus Notes user since 95. Uh, we recently transitioned over to uh, developing our own products and selling those on a website we call notesconnectors.com. Excellent. And we're going to come back to that topic a little bit later on. But thank you ever so much for joining us today, Jonathan. It's good to have you on the show. Oh, thank you. 
So we're going to kick off this week, uh, as usual, with our topics of, of interest and discussion. And, and let's start with IBM Champions. Now, uh, we discussed this a couple of weeks ago with Joyce and Luis Benitez as well. Um, we're honoured to be joined by an IBM Champion in, in John Head today. John, do you want to talk us through? I, I, were, were you at, um, at Packlug when this was announced? I was not. Um, so, so you, you know, heard I, yeah, I heard it. Uh, I was actually in Orlando at the time, and I heard it via basically uh, direct messages on Twitter. So, excellent. Well, congratulations on on winning it. I, I just wanted to have, kind of have a, a, t- a talk about it. You know, two weeks on is you know both you and I have probably digested uh, what it means. Have you given any thought to if it's going to change anything in terms of your relationship with IBM or the way you interact with the community, or, or do you just see it as kind of validation of some of the work you've been doing over the last few years? Yeah, well, it's interesting you said winning it, and I, I have to say I, I feel like it's more uh, uh, like you know it's a service item. So um, my hope is that the IBM Champion program across brands becomes kind of the you know the recognized Microsoft MVP like program, um, and I, I think it can be. It those take time, you know, something like that takes time to mature and grow. Um, I, I think. You know, the fact that it's 50 people in the world, I think, you know, it's special. Um, I think, you know, PSE, we're, we're getting ready to do a press release and we're, we're going to do some things around it in the Chicago area. I don't know if it's a selling tool, you know, or I mean, it, to me, it, I feel really proud. Um, you know, it's I've been doing stuff in the Lotus space since 93 when I started with uh AmiPro. Um, so I think it's kind of recognition for, for years of service. It's kind of those, <laughs> I've been here so long, uh, you know, you put in a lot of effort <laughs> here, have, have a token. I mean, and, and I don't, I'm not trying to belittle the program or IBM in any way, because I kind of feel the same way of all these other kinds of programs. Um, what I, yeah, I think the right question to say is, how do we feel about this program, say, post Lotusphere, right? When a lot of the recognition pieces come uh, c- come to fruition, I think that'll be a better time to to you know do a, a okay. So, what does this mean, and how is it being used? I think that's right. And and Darren, of course, your other half, Lisa Duke, was also an IBM champion. Have, have you guys given any thought to how it will impact STS? I've told her I want the keyboard. <laughs> um, you know, I don't think there's actually been. It's been one of them kind of hectic periods since since that happened. We got a lot of user group stuff going on, and it was end of, end of half, not just end of quarter, but end of half, which means the big software companies like VMware and IBM get even more <laughs> uppity about their software deals. So I, I don't think anyone's had a a, a time to t- kind of take a breath and, and see what it means. Um, I, I thought it was funny about. John mentioned the press release because I think the newsletter from STS just went out yesterday the day before and, and I think it was mentioned in our somewhat regular somewhat not regular newsletter so whether it's salesy I, I don't know I'm, I'm with John I think that the, the speaking and, and the blogging is, is the number one sales tool because really in sales it's all about getting over the barriers and, and I think the speaking and the blogging do I, I'm, I'm not sure if the IBM Champion Award kind of would be understood enough outside of the community to, to take that as, as what it is. It should do, but I don't think, I'm not sure if it will yet. And I think, Darren, what, I mean, what we're going to try is, is in Chicago, there's a, an online publication and actually a magazine that goes out every week called Crane's Chicago Business. And I know they have versions of that in other cities. And we're actually, you know, and they have a, you know, an awards, you know, and, you know, section. And we're actually submitting the press release to that because it's not right. I guess to me, what I really like is it's not IBM Lotus champions. It's IBM champions. I think people will take some recognition of it even if they're not in our community i'd certainly like that to be the case i mean i I, i'm one of those folks that have been you know been given this and haven't blogged about it haven't really made too much about it just because I've, i've tried to let it kind of percolate through because i'm not quite sure what impact it's going to have i mean it's tremendous it's a huge honor to be given it, awarded it, however you want to phrase that. But it's it's kind of too early to to know what impact it's going to have. As, as Darren was saying, I'm not sure it's a sales device because 
you know, it doesn't really talk about the company. It talks about actually the stuff most of all we do in our spare time, I guess, you know, with the blogging and some of the events we do. You know, there are very few people that are paid to do that. That's something we do kind of voluntary. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether it actually plays into any decisions that customers make between one partner or another or one consultant or another. And, and particularly, actually, for the customers that were given those awards, I'm thinking of Sharon Bellamy and Simon Vaughan, who are both, you know, my customers in the UK. How that's going to impact them? It's going to be interesting to see whether it makes any difference to them when it comes to, you know, annual pay reviews and you know, and those kind of things. Whether it actually makes a material difference to the way they do their jobs. And I'm guessing you mean the pay raise, not a pay decrease, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see kind of what, what comes of it. And, and Jonathan, sort of maybe slightly from the outside, did you hear about these awards being given out a couple of weeks ago? I did, and uh, it, was, it was really great to see um, so many people are respected on that list. And I have to say that, you know, if, if I had the choice of, of, you know, seeking out somebody with uh, knowledge in a particular area, I might start with that list first. So uh, to me, it, it, I, I think, you know, kudos to you guys. I mean, it's, it's great that, uh, that, that, that you're, um, you're, you're on that list. Um, and I, I think it's a great recognition to you uh, within the community. Well, thanks, Jonathan. Uh, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll certainly, it's, it's garnered quite a lot of attention and, and it's, it's great that people are aired and, and Joyce are making a very big deal of it. It'll be interesting to see how, how it moves forward. You know, as we get to the next set of, of awards champions that are, you know, are generated, I think they're going to add some more at Lotus Sphere. I think that was what Joyce said. That's what it sounded like, um, at least to me. It, it, it'll be interesting to see what the schedule is. I mean, uh, I, I hope they sync up kind of what I'm going to call the renewal date, kind of, you know, what other programs do. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a term, right? I mean, for yeah. if you have to, not, not, it's not just the club you get in, it's the club you maintain. Um, so I hope they, you know, I, I don't, I hope they add people quickly, but I hope they, you know, they don't have like, you know, 10 groups that we all have to maintain when people are and aren't champions. <laughs> Well, I think the I think the idea was to sync it up with Lotusphere, but they didn't want to wait six months to mm. get it out there, right? So you guys are all eighteen month champions, I think. Yeah, isn't that what it was? Yes, that's, that's certainly what Joyce said on the podcast. So, um, but but I think they don't want to wait eighteen months until they award the next set, and therefore there may be more than fifty for a little while while they have the two sets running. So, um, so yeah, interesting. It'll be interesting to see uh, what comes of that and, and what kind of profile the IBM champions get over time. Now, Jonathan, um, we, we've invited you on uh, as much as anything because of the work you do with uh, your website, with the, with the notes connectors. Do you want to talk us through um, some of the, the products that sit within your sort of portfolio and, and where they've come from in terms of your development? Certainly. Thank you. Um, yeah, we, we develop what are called notes connectors. Um, we uh, basically connect notes or domino to other systems. So in the past, we, we built a, um, a SharePoint search uh, solution for a company. Um, and, you know, we've done work with Symantec on their, um, their uh, Enterprise Vault product. Um, we're actually a Symantec step partner. So we, we, we do um, customizations for companies that want to roll that product out but the 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 main focus i want to talk about today uh, is our our solution for windows search Um, if you're not familiar with windows search it um it came out with actually as windows desktop search originally as an add-in that you could put onto windows xp Um, but with vista and uh, windows 7 it's actually built into the product so you don't have to to install it and it's a pretty slick thing. You can uh, on Windows 7, you can click the start button and just start typing a phrase, and it it'll start doing a search. And as you're um, uh, type more information um, or uh, uh, you know more of your query, um, it'll actually um, in real time update the list. So when sort of interesting when Google Instant came out, um, you know the big uh, big hullabaloo about it um given that, that you know that those features were already sort of in windows 7 as well um so what we've done is we've tried to leverage that product um uh originally microsoft had a plugin which worked with 
um, notes five and note six. Um, but um, this, the solution no longer worked with note seven. In fact, if you use the original Microsoft plugin um, with uh, note seven or later, it actually breaks notes. So um, we sort of saw, saw an opportunity and, and developed this, um, this product uh, called Easy Note. And what it what it does is, um, uh, in, it'll automatically discover your um, your your local mail replicas and local archives, and index them and make it available to um, Windows Search for queries. Um, so it, it's very easy to install. It's a small um, uh, client side installation, and it, it, currently it only works with uh, local replicas. So that, that's what we started with, and you know, over time we've we've gotten a lot of feedback from customers um, saying, "Oh, we'd like this feature, we'd like that feature," and so it's sort of grown. And um, we've uh, we've added the ability to um, also index your your um, names.nsf, your contacts, and then search them, and uh, as well as any general um, um, notes application. In fact, we have a YouTube video. Um, on slash notes connectors on, on youtube.com, which uh, shows the um, uh, uh, searching the uh, the Lotusphere sessions database uh, that uh, Ben uh, from Geniusoft put together, and uh, shows how how we, you can search that using a Windows Search, um, and it, it makes it very simple to to do to query it. And look for information. And then the nice thing is that we also support um, preview, so you can actually uh, click on a search result and see a rendering of the of the item um, in the the window search uh, preview window. Okay, that's neat. That's kind of cool. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty fast, and uh, you know you can actually navigate through your your content pretty quickly uh, using using this, um, and it, it really. Sort of provides a nice update, um, we think, uh, for the notes, uh, the notes client. Um, a, a lot of customers have gotten excited about it, um, you know, especially the preview features and some of the other things we've done um, um, to to make it um, uh, easy to use. Uh, we also index the attachments separately, so they they show up as separate hits. So you can actually preview the attachment uh, without having to, you know. Do what you have to do currently in notes. Basically, find the note, open the attachment, and look at it. You know, it's 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 just kind of tedious. Um, but with uh, with our product, it's 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 very fast. So, um, uh, so we this this product, as I said, works with uh, Windows 7, 32, and 64-bit. Um, but we also support Windows XP. And I was I noticed a post from Stuart a, um, a week or so ago about about the uh, market share of the various operating systems. And, um, you know, sort of an eye-opener. It actually sort of shows what, what actually we're finding is that, you know, a lot of our customers are still on XP. They all want to move to Windows 7, um, but they still have XP. And uh, so we're, we're, <laughs> we're working hard to, um, to actually enhance Windows XP version um, um, to to improve, uh, you know, some of the references on that product. And Windows uh, XP is 10 in September. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. You know, I, I think customers want to get rid of it, but you know, it's just it's just hard. It's there's so much to do, and uh, you know, getting all the products qualified, and then, you know, um, you know, as they find out about our solution, they're then qualifying that, and um, you know, so we have, we have, we have a number of qualifications going on. Uh, with various customers that you know, looking at uh, rolling it out in Windows 7, but they all want to start with XP. And, and, and window, Windows Search was the, was the thing that replaced the irritating dog, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Only you, Stuart, would, would remember that. that. That's I mean, do you, Darren? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. dog? <laughs> it, was, it was the only thing worse than Clippy. Yeah, yeah, I, those were pretty annoying. Um, so, can I ask who's, who's buying um, copies of, of your product? Is it is it typically corporates that are putting in for all or some of their users, or is it individuals buying it for their own workstations? 
Um, we've we've had both. Um, the, the idea was that you know we would offer a, a trial version, so we have a 30-day trial version uh, that you can download and uh, try it out. And we've had you know a lot of people do that, um, and then they'll either turn around and you know requests. It, what we're finding is it's mostly early adopters that um, that, that do that. Um, they they want to try it out, see what it does, um, see if it'll fit in their environment. Um, but the, the, they can also then uh, purchase the product, and we we sell two different flavors. We sell a mail and archives only version, um, which is pretty cheap, and then a um, a mail archives and applications version. Uh, which is still pretty cheap, but um, you know, gives you the ability to, to index any um, any uh, database, and it, you have to get the mail archives and applications version uh, if you want to index your and search your contacts. Uh, so we 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 do have um, uh, the model's working pretty well. We we the the early adopters can get the product, they can try it out, they can use it for a long time. And then, um, you know, what we're finding is then they eventually request a quote um, for some sort of an enterprise uh, level solution. And we, we sell those separately. So so let me pretend I, I'm still a technical guy and ask uh, some questions. So did you guys create a namespace extension for Windows? Is that how you're doing this? Wow, you are. You are a technical guy. <laughs> you still keep your badge, John. Yeah, thanks. Um, yes, actually, we did. So we, we have a, um, uh, it's, it's actually a native uh, 32 and native on 64-bit uh, namespace extension. So we extend the window shell. And then there's, there's a few other pieces that you have to implement in order to make this work. Uh, but it, it, it's, it's kind of tricky, and most of it's you know, completely undocumented. You know. so, so then following that, Mike, so... We, for a client, actually built an Explorer add-in that got us a little bit of searching. And you're doing searching, so my question would be is, is your next step to do an Explorer add-in so that you can you know, navigate a Notes database through your tool? Um, that's not uh, our, our, um, our immediate plans. I mean, we certainly thought about it. Um, and uh, you know, I don't really. It, it seems doable. Um, obviously, you've done it, so um, we're we're um, we're focused on other things. We 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 like we're working on search, and uh, there seems to be a lot of, lot to do in that space. I think if we did something else, um, you know, one thing we're considering doing is um, an add-in which lets you search across design um, templates, basically. So it'll be focused on. Um, template developers and you know you could quickly find elements because i mean i've tried to use the one in eclipse you know and it, it just you know it, it almost seems like it's iterating through all the design elements doing a search and so what what this this would do you know index those uh templates and then you could quickly search them and, and we'd also implement a preview so but that's that's farther out we we, we don't have that um currently available I, I think for me, one of the great things I love about a product like this is you have two audiences. You have an you know an audience of a a notes customer who who's got the client and they, they love it, but you also have the customer of somebody who's you know maybe they've decided that the they don't want to use the rich client day to day and they want their users to use a natural interface. This helps that transition, and I I think stuff like this is those bridge, you know, the the things that bridge the gap. And I think there's going to be a lot of that in the next couple of years. And I think that's a really, uh, really good uh, place for people to be in. So I, I think this is very cool. Nice yeah. job. And, and, and IBM have not updated the full text search capability really in notes since probably uh, – four maybe even our free so it's, it's kind of good to see new interfaces coming out that allow users to interact with what they would consider a quote-unquote normal search tool as google has trained the world um so you know I, I think it's a good idea and it's uh you know it's it's reasonably cheap i was out on the website yesterday uh checking it out and you know it's some good stuff i i hazard a guess lisa may be putting an order in <laughs> <laughs> 
And most folks will know I'm a Mac user, and, and I was just checking in Spotlight actually whether it does any searching of the notes client, and it certainly doesn't seem to, at least on the version I'm running. And I can see a massive, uh, you know, advantage of having that if it was available, particularly as you know the, the inbuilt tools on the Mac have have all that. You know, you can search Mail App and iCal and um, you know and the address book from there. So why shouldn't you be able to do the same of the notes client? It would make perfect sense to do that. Yeah, I had thought that there was um, an add-in already for the Mac, but um, and there it's certainly in the documentation. But then um, you know, I was talking to some IBM folks at Lotusphere, and they they seemed to indicate that, you know there were problems with it or yeah, it seemed to work. So um, right. I mean, we, we would consider doing it, but um, you know, it'd be a whole different thing. Well, it's great. We, yeah, we, we'll have a link to your website on, uh, in the show notes, and and you know, I recommend people do take a look. I think it could well help a number of users, particularly on corporate sites. Um, and I think it's great that we're getting new ISVs coming through and, and coming up with innov- innovative ideas around you know the notes client and and also Domino and other platforms in the Lotus portfolio. So thank you very much for for the efforts you're making in that area. It's great. Oh, well, thank you very much. So moving on to the next topic, John, um, I saw a blog post from you on this uh, very topic, I think in the last 24 hours or so, which is that there's news that um, IBM has lost uh, an account at the University of Nebraska to Microsoft. I think they're moving their email off of, of Notes and Domino onto the Microsoft platform instead. Um, and, and John, you blogged about it, as, as many other people have, it in terms of where that or what that decision means maybe for other customers clearly customers are making business decisions all the time in terms of prioritization and platform choice and so on but maybe there's a bigger picture here that we can talk about in terms of what this might mean for some partners and also other customers in the academic space do you want to lead us on this one sure i i think my post was mostly to get us off of the well the community off of the discussion of oh my gosh there was incentives given by Microsoft to help sweeten the deal. And my reason to change the discussion was because every company out there is doing incentives. IBM is doing them. Google's doing them. It doesn't matter who you are. If you're playing in an enterprise or even the SMB space, you're doing incentives. So the fact that Microsoft gave $250,000 of incentives to the University of Nebraska, so what? Let's move on. Um, I I think you know there's a couple things here. The if you guys remember Lotus for Idol 2009, mm-hmm. we had the two university students and everybody was excited because there was young blood. Mm-hmm. Both of those guys from the University of Nebraska from a program that IBM was sponsoring, so that the university was doing research with Lotus techno- technology. Um, I don't know if that ends this, right? I mean, IBM was sponsoring the program. Could they still be sponsoring it? Sure. Um, but I, you know, it worries me that the attitude of, uh, IBM in a whole, I think it goes way above anybody we interact with at, at, at ICS or Lotus, whatever you want to call them, is that IBM doesn't want to play in the, you know, the university education market right now when it comes to selling software. IT snobbery. It, <clears throat> yeah, it really. And, and Nathan wrote a good, po- Nathan Freeman wrote a good comment on my blog this morning, or I should, well, it is this morning, my time, um, you know, that basically says that IBM treats universities and enterprises as cathedrals, Google treats them as bazaars. And I think it's a great analogy, right? Um, and, and, and he's also right when he said someone at IBM has taken the decision to ignore that market. I think, you know, Nathan was spot on with that as well. I think this is this is a, a, a big corporate direction decision where they have chosen, regardless of what it looks like on, on the battlefield, they have chosen not to fight this war. And yet, I, I would argue that in some areas, they're making wins there. You know, I deal mainly in the connections and social space, as many people will be aware. And and that's winning big style in the UK. We're getting some significant universities moving to connections, particularly for their staff, but also for students. Uh, things like Portal are doing very well in the sort of self-registration and, and self-service space. So it, it's not that IBM isn't winning business in um, universities. It's that they're not trying to attract the students, I think, to IBM. You know, maybe they're doing some of that to try and attract them as employees, but certainly not trying to attract them as future customers. And I, I think what that says is, is there's a difference between an individual person's focus to get 
to their quota, right? Because that's what an, a salesperson does versus a strategy of IBM at a top level or at a brand level. Um, I know for a fact that University of Nebraska, IBM just didn't walk away. Um, there's some factors there. If you go look at University of Nebraska, go look at who, you know, some of the people who have sponsored different, you know, schools there and donated money in the past five years. You'll see somebody's somebody from a certain company as part of that. Um, you know, there's a lot of politics that are going on here, and I, I just think though that you know. We as the community have to understand that, you know, this isn't fire and brimstone, but it's also, I think there's, you know, there's an attitude that's going on here, right or wrong. I think there's a strategy where arm's length, we're not going to fight for the dollar mailboxes. If you want to, you know, if somebody wants to quote 99 cents a mailbox, great. See ya. But the the warning there is that's also what the U.S. car industry did ten years ago. We're we're not building the cheap cars that people want to buy. We're building the big expensive cars, and then voila, ten years later they're all bankrupt. So you know, there's there's got to be. While I agree with you, John, this is just the way business is done. This is this is you know the fact it's quarter of a million dollars is neither here nor there. It's it's a drop in a bucket for all of these organizations. But if IBM choose not to play in this, then in 10 years, they can't come back and say like they did to Nathan a couple of months ago, where you should have told us this 10 years ago, and Nathan goes, yeah, I did, there's the post. <laughs> so, you know, there's got to be some ownership by IBM of, of, of coming back here and saying, you know, while we are choosing to do this, we will also put up with whatever the outcome is 10, 15, even two years down the line. There needs to be some ownership here and not you know, not then suddenly say, well, the world's changed and they're all against us and Microsoft hates us, so we're we're, we're getting out of the market or whatever. They just need to be, be cognizant that their decisions now have some ramifications in the future which might affect their bottom line. It might not, but it might. I'm just wondering, we're talking, it seems, um, you know, a little bit about education of students in terms of some of the development platforms, and we've discussed that previously on this podcast, but also in this case very much about email and messaging i mean is, is it partially at least a matter that notes and domino isn't a good fit for university email these days you know it, it tends to be a drive towards doing stuff on the web around you know minimum touch to to desktops and laptops and that kind of thing because mostly they're owned by the students themselves is it just that actually notes and domino doesn't fit as well as maybe outlook and exchange does or or gmail does in in that kind of environment well the question then comes back is why and i think Stuart, you're the one who wrote this where's lotus live right why is lotus live not part of the discussion um i would personally be surprised if any fraction of the students end up using outlook in this case i think it's you know it's office 360 and it's going to be a web ui for 95 percent of the users and the people who end up using outlook or any form of the of a rich client ends up being the teachers who are more our age and in, in, in style of work um why was it lotus live part of the discussion was it my guess is yes it was it's just not being reported i think there is a a very much a uh, a analyst bias of it's either you know Google or Microsoft when it comes to the, that space, and they're not even talking about Lotus Live. And we can have a long discussion on why there's that bias. It, we can throw blame on IBM for not getting you know enough analysts up on it. You know, there's a lot of stuff we can do here, but I think that's the reality. Um, it's going to be interesting to see. I, Darren, I totally agree with you. I think there is a conscious decision and a repercussions that people are going to have to live with the opposite side of that comment though is is that if you look at all of these companies ibm has been doing this right for a hundred years and they recreate themselves every 10 to 20 years what says they can't do that again i'm you know it's it's hard to bet against the company that started with typewriters and is now you know the ibm that we know but 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 I think the interesting gamble here is IBM has almost always been in the lead. And on this, on the cloud and on education, they are really running from the back and not leading from the front, which I think is the difference from the previous 90 years. And, and I, I, don't, I, I do agree with you. It would be hard to bet against IBM. They have some very smart people there, and there is some strategy behind them not 
not trying to play in this market or walking away from a deal, it, it, it just may or may not be a good idea. But in 10 years, they can't come back and say in a, in a blog post, well, you guys didn't tell us all this 10 years ago when in actual fact, we told you 20 years ago. So let me – an interesting response to that is is I've been with my family quite a bit the past month and I was talking with my youngest uh, sister and talking about some education stuff and – you know, I asked with just out of the blue, you know, how do you communicate? She says, yeah, well, we have these email accounts that we have to go check stuff teachers, but none of the students use that to communicate. We all use Facebook. And, and that was the point Ed made, right? He's like, well, what's what's the point of getting all uppity about this? The last time this happened, whatever the last big university was, it went. It's, it's like the students don't use it. And that may well be true, but that does not come across in any of these press releases or articles in eWeek or wherever the hell it come from. Uh, and, and IBM just need to shout more about this. Is about or, or IBM just need to say, well, if they're not using it, here you have it, and just play the perception game. No argument. I just think, you know, we all joke about being ASWs in the Lotus community, right? Yeah. You just net mentioned organizations which generate their revenue based on being ASWs. <laughs> they have to write content that grabs people that generates, you know, clicks. I thought that was called marketing, but okay. <laughs> Point taken. <laughs> and, and that kind of neatly segues us into one of the other discussions that's been going on a while, but kind of has, has reached a new level this week, which is around rebranding and, and loss of Lotus name and all that kind of thing. We won't re regurgitate a lot of the arguments that have gone on before, but the, the change that has happened is that Ed wrote a very long, very involved, and I thought very, very good blog post at the weekend called whatever we call it Ed Brill it says on edbrill.com um, talking about kind of where he stands from a product manager point of view about Notes and Domino and where that sits within some of the rebranding discussions that have gone on Darren do you want to well, you know talk us through what were your thoughts about the post did you think Ed did a good job of summarizing where he is with it uh, yeah I couldn't write a blog post that long <laughs> but that, that, that's a lot of 140 character tweets right in there um he did a very he did a, he did a good job and and he outlined I think some of his frustrations with IBM, with the process that went on, with ourselves, with everybody else, and I think it's a fair assumption to make that you know I think he, IBM themselves are frustrated that that we're making a mountain out of what they perceive to be a molehill, and it might be a molehill. It might not be a molehill. I, I tend to think that it's 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 on the mountain side of that equation, um, j just because of of the way it looks. And and you know there was a couple of back and forths on on Ed's blog. I've been mean, back out there for a couple of days, but I see it's up to eighty comments or so now. Um, but if 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 they are not rebranding yet, they move all of the new shiny balls of tinfoil out into the IBM brand but leave Notes and Domino inside of Lotus, I just think that smells a bit fishy. And that's that's my only worry. I think it looks bad, especially when on the blog he said, we move connections and same time out because we've realized that the perception of Lotus is, is hard in new sales. Well, that also kind of makes it sound a lot like we don't expect to do a, not, a lot of net new revenue in the Notes Domino market. So why should we bother moving it, which was the other thing I took away from, but I didn't actually comment on that. I just let that one alone, I think. It, so, Darren, I, my only comment back on that is, is, I mean, Notes is a fairly mature market in a marketplace. You know, it's kind of like Office. They're not looking for net new sales in the U.S. They're looking for renewals, right? They're looking in new markets for new sales. I, I think to me... Whether you do rebrand or re-not, the future of Noth in terms of revenue, notes in terms of revenue, is as they tie it together with Project Vulcan and they can sell functionality to other IBM products that leverage notes that requires you know a license. I, I don't think anybody in the U.S. is expecting notes and Office to generate lots of new net net new revenue. Uh, and, and and I would agree with that. I didn't say that. Out loud, <laughs> I left up to you. But but I think then, then that leads to a somewhat defeatist prose, which is kind of ironic. Me saying that out loud, insofar as that this all drives in 
to the decision about well, what, what now? What happens to Lotus Live and Lotus Knife Notes? Is 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 that was that not supposed to be the the rebirth and the the sky is blue and the birds are singing and everything like that for for, for notes and. Maybe IBM are coming to the realization that it's not, and maybe we all need to come to the realization it's not too. So, so for me, IBM is best when it's when it does middleware, right? I mean, the stuff we most of us don't play in the MQ series space, and a lot of that web sphere, and even the you know all the new stuff that they've got and all the other quote brands, but that's where they generate a crap ton of revenue. To me, I think what they see is Notes becomes a place where we can build middleware for all of our other products. And that's where they see the real key of the technology. That's my gut. But, but that then takes you very much into purely an enterprise corporate space, doesn't it? You know, I'm certainly not finding 100-person companies that are caring about middleware. You know, they'll typically go out and buy a solution or, or buy a software-as-a-service offering. They won't be in the market for, for buying middleware and I think probably even if it's the ISV that's providing the middleware integrated into the solution I'm not sure they're going to be buying something that complex that needs that kind of middleware so it kind of does force IBM into that higher end market where they've always kind of you know specialized and done best I guess but it does leave a, a vast proportion of the market that Notes and Domino has done well in those smaller companies um, you know without an offering that really suits them particularly around the collaboration space. So, I mean, I, I found interesting, just quickly on Lotus Live before we move on, is, is that I, I blogged a little bit earlier on in the Lotus Live blog, there's a new term being used, IBM Online Collaboration, which is not something I've heard of before, which seems to be almost a new branding statement around Lotus Live, um, you know, Engage and Connections and so on, sitting in that that new um, branding. So it sounds like we're going to have, you know, web experience being the, the portal and commerce and so on, um, online collaboration being, uh, you know, Lotus Live and what's the other one, social business being all the connection side of things. So it sounds like I've been really coming up with these new terms and, and going to use those for the go-to-market in the future. And, and I think the, the, the watershed here is if there is a new X pages only kind of server, what is it going to be called? And I think that'll tell us exactly what what IBM see as as, as the lifeblood of the quote unquote X pages slash Domino developer. Yeah. And Darren, I think we have to be careful there because I think everything that I've read publicly says that it's an X pages server for ISVs to use in bundle and solutions. Right. I mean, that's what Ed's kind of talked about. I don't, you know, if that's what it is, I think think they call it the, you know whatever you want to call it, sell your solution. You know, you happen to have a, you know, a Domino server running the X pages server task underneath it. Um, you know, I think what you're looking for is the, the, what we all think is coming, which is an X pages only server for customers to run apps. Yes, I should say, yes, John is correct. The thing that Ed has talked about is basically a replacement for the Archaic utility server. The, the thing I was indicating is the oft-talked-about eyebrow-raising, for want of a better word, X-Pages server that basically becomes, I guess you could argue, a headless designer client as well if they were to push the envelope. Um, if, if that comes out, and I don't see that happening for a number of years, but if it does, it would be interesting to see where that falls in, in, inside of all of this because it does look to me like, obviously, connections is the future as, as, as far as that piece goes. But are, are IBM going to morph connections to be able to do the kind of situational applications that you can do easily in notes and somewhat easily, somewhat easily, but not easy in, in, in SharePoint? And, and is that where they're looking to, to leverage connections in the future? Well, I, I guess, you know, we should, for me, I don't hear IBMers or customers talking about a X pages only server. I hear the bubble, right? The Lotus community, the no, whatever. You're right there. Yes. The 300 blogs and, and you know, a thousand people who, who read them every day. Um, oh, the, the 300, I like that visual. That's that's us, the vanguard, stacking up the bodies. No, I, well, right? I mean, Planet Lotus <laughs> is 333 blogs, right? And if you figure the reading is somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 a day. I mean, that's just my rough numbers. I think what we have to be – to me, personally, if you ask me to put money down and bet, 
I don't think we see an X Pages only server. I think we see an X Pages task running on a WAS server, right? Because it's JSF. All they have to do is figure out how to make an NSF work on on a WAS server, and X Pages technically should be able to run. I mean, that's if you wanted me to bet where the next option would be, is I think we get that. Um, oh, I didn't. I didn't say anywhere in that conversation that the X Pages only server would be Domino. That's true. It's true. So what I find interesting as somebody who tries to stay out of the, this discussion as much as possible is, number one, the IBM community call that happened a couple of weeks ago was the biggest train wreck I've ever seen. <laughs> right? And it was a train wreck because it was open to anybody who wanted to join because it was on Joyce's community call, which I love. But it allowed people who, you know, like to write thought-provoking entries on the web to attend and to take screenshots, right? But it's also a discussion that my guess is is most of the people that we interact with at IBM have no ability to affect the outcome. I think this branding discussion is so high up at IBM that the people that we want to tell us stuff probably don't know what's happening. Nail meat head. He's exactly right. Excellent. Well, I'd like to close that, that discussion really by thanking Ed for, for taking the time to write the, the blog post. I think it's incredibly valuable, whatever the discussions go on, when senior IBMers take the time out to write to the community, whether it's customers, business partners, ISVs that are reading those posts. I think it's really important that those conversations go on. And I think Ed leads us, sort of leads the way in that. And I think whilst there are many, many IBMers that tweet on Twitter and so on in terms of kind of some of the marketing stuff that goes on, I think Ed really does you know, get involved in the discussion and the conversation. I think that's really valuable that he continues to do that. So something else that's been on the uh, the news threads this week has really been around Google+. Mostly people complaining they can't get invites. Um, but it, this kind of came out of the blue. I know um, Google had talked about, I think it was Eric Smith, talked about how they kind of ceded ground to Facebook with some very bad decisions over the last two to three years. And then almost it seemed like the next day, maybe it was a week or so later, they then came out with Google+, Plus, as I say, out of the blue. Um, any thoughts? I think, John, you're on there now, aren't you? Any thoughts on, on Google+, Plus, whether it's going to make a big difference to, to people in this space? So I, I don't think my reaction is going to be as uh, entertaining as Darren's is. Um, <laughs> I think, A, I think it's interesting. I think it's the circle's way of organizing stuff is pretty impressive. Um, the content stream to me feels more like friend feed than anything else. And there's a reason po people stopped using friend feed. Um, I just, my, my question is this, is why would you release a competitor to Twitter and Facebook without an API. Why did they want not wait to launch till they had the API ready? Very interesting question. My my whole opinion of this is kind of like uh, whatever. I'll, I'll come back in a year and see if it's still around. But but more importantly, I, I always say this about Google, and I've just summed it up in in, in a tweet earlier this morning. And that is, people need to look at how Google do this stuff. Uh, you know, they immediately release it. it. It might not be production ready, but there's, there's none of this, you know, preview stuff. We'll build it up for a year and a half and, and still not release it. We'll just throw it out there, and then we will use jealousy and peer pressure to drive adoption. And there's nothing like that. We've all been to high school. We all know what it's <laughs> like to be not the cool kid. And, and Google, a, a genius at, at making people use to all intents and purposes, shit that they already have somewhere else. Um, they did it with Yahoo on the search. Admittedly, there were some other decisions there, but now they're trying to do it with Facebook. But but honestly, this this smacks a lot like of, of, of IBM and Microsoft classic battles of the past decades. It almost looks to me like, like Google are really, really worried that, that Facebook are slowly going to erode their 97% revenue stream that is search because... You know, when, when you go and search for something, it, it's difficult to find exactly what you're looking for if you're going to buy something. And I think they're worried that the whole peer, I will tell you I bought some shoes, so you will go buy the same shoes from the same manufacturer. I, I think they're really scared of that. And I think they should be. 
but you know, it's it's kind of a just trading blows. Facebook add email, Google then add Facebook features. Now Facebook are integrating into Skype, so uh, you know it's tit for tat. I'll, I'll come back in a year and see what's what's still alive. I think there's a, there's a couple of points on that. One one is in terms of the preview stuff. That's what they did with Wave. If you remember, they had that what looked like a really fantastic demo that they did at Google I/O. Everybody watched that. Um, you know, two hour long session. It was you know a massive hit on the web, and then they then delivered and actually underwhelmed with the delivery that they that they offered to the beta customers i think what they've done with this one is announced it much more out of the blue and i think it, it's done them some favors because although it may not be ready people are expecting it to be ready because it's it's a brand new beta release um the other thing i think i think is that facebook is a destination site it's where many you know thousands of people around the world go to every day and spend time i think what's different about the google is if they really integrate plus with everything they do you know if, if results from your network come up on on your google search if you know it integrates with with google talk if on gmail that you know again millions of people use it comes up um you know with, with some of your social stuff as well i think it's a very different proposition from facebook although there's obviously a huge number of similarities i think the other thing is that facebook has, has already been shown to not be kind of business ready it's business ready from a social media perspective in terms of selling my brand to consumers but in terms of b2b there's almost nothing that's a value in facebook i think google plus is going to be different well, and it goes back to how, how the companies make money, right? Facebook are desperate to make money, and Google are desperate to make money in another way apart from advertising. Well, so there's for me, there's a couple things. Number one, it's another place to pimp my blog entries, right? Um, <laughs> well, no, no, no. So all of us on – all four of us, you know, we use our, our – we're all about creating content and then – and then getting that content into people's faces, right? And and Stuart, you're the expert at it, and, oh, and I don't you. I don't mean that in a, in, in a negative way, but I mean the amount of, you generate a significant amount of content, but it means nothing if people don't read it. Have right? you seen how many children he's got? It's all his kids' type. <laughs> <laughs> so he uses Twitter and Facebook and Planet Lotus and sites to get those links into other people's hands, and Google Plus becomes another stream for that. I think that's the first thing. All of us have to look at it. Is so. Question: When does that? When does that number of streams become the Mississippi, and it's impossible to cross, and it's impossible to hit them all, and we start to see a thinning out of the quote-unquote streams because there's too many. No argument there, and that's why for me, when I look at Google Plus, and there's different right. So right now, the people in Google Plus are the the Digerati and the early adopters, right? If I'm going to get Somebody, so let me give you an example of how I looked at Google Plus and why I think it has a long way to go. Um, so, it in June, Facebook became the tool that I used to communicate news of everything that was going on in my personal life. And what was amazing about it is my father had gone to his 50th. Uh, high school reunion last October. He had joined Facebook and he had connected with about 50 of his high school mates on Facebook from the reunion. And they used Facebook to get people to the reunion that they couldn't find. When my father passed and I posted on his Facebook page, I had so many contacts and, you know, and people reaching out because of that. That is not possible on Google Plus today. And that's the kind of engagement that people like on Facebook. But now take out Farmville, right? Take out the games because there's a certain people who just use Facebook as a way not to work. (laughs) (laughs) But Facebook has become an engagement model of reaching people you haven't talked to. I found my best friend in grade school on Facebook this week because he read a post that somebody said something about my dad. Right. That isn't going to happen on Google Plus today. It's right. It's Scoble posting videos, which he posts everywhere. He just happened to posting them on Google Plus first now. So it's 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 so it's a tipping point conversation then, right? But again, it goes back to why did Google Wave fail? Why did email succeed? Why is Facebook so successful? And, you know, what what percentage of the market and then there's going to be a whole slew of tools now that add the ability to post the same crap 
see a different feed. So all it ends up is I don't need a Facebook account to see everything because anyone, anytime someone pays something to Facebook, it comes to Twitter for me. And this is this is my kind of pet peeve with all of this. Is I'm not antisocial. I just don't have time, like John said, to go to all of these different places to check stuff out. And as maybe a final point, one of Lisa's friends has always said, networking is only one letter away from not working. That's good. And I, I, th- I think it's, it's going to have to come to you, isn't it, Dan? Rather than you having to go to five different places, you know, Twitter and Facebook and, and Google Plus and the others, I think they've got to come to you. And I think that's the next thing that's happening. And, and actually, Google Plus, I think, are doing this very well, considering how early they are in their adoption model, is that it's going to be mobile devices that do that for you. Is that, you know, what happens on these sites is going to come to your notifications on your Android or your iOS or your, you know, um, palm device or whatever and and that's then how you interact with them rather than you again having to think it's a different thing in your workflow to go to one of those sites and look up your friends or whatever it's it's all going to come to you and i think that's going to be the key difference well for me i think what google plus is it becomes the baseball bat that forces sites like twitter and facebook to totally accelerate their their mobile app strategy yeah. Right. The fact that Google can launch a site and launch an app on Android the same day has to scare Facebook, who doesn't have a native iPad app yet. Or a, and did, right. didn't they also do like two upgrades the same day to that Android app? Yep. I so I think if you know, we all talk about how you know Microsoft forces IBM to move faster or move differently. I think Google Plus becomes the tool that moves other sites faster. And for me, like Google Buzz was a fail. And the reason why is when I went to Google Buzz, all I saw were people's Twitter streams that th- got imported. <laughs> right? All people talking about Google Buzz. <laughs> yeah, they were talking about Google Buzz on Google Buzz, and that's what we're seeing with Google Plus as well. Is mostly people talking about how they can use Google Plus, and that's the post you see on there. And, and, and you have to get past that tipping point, as Darren said. Yep, and for a Hangout. Okay, so I've had Skype group chat for a long time. I'm, you know, the fact that a Hangout is free, maybe it changes Skype's business model a little bit. But I don't know. I haven't gotten anything that forces me to go to Google Plus first thing in the morning when I wake up like I do Twitter, my email and Facebook and that's probably a good point to leave it we'll we'll see when that happens and and report back to so uh, as always we finish off the episode with a discussion of tips, these are ideas that may help you the listener in your daily life so Darren do you want to kick us off, what's your tip? Um, Lugs, lugs and more lugs Um, I think we've got STS has one coming up in almost every state in the real southeast of the United States, um, which I would include, I think, is Alabama in July, there's Tennessee, Nashville on the uh, August, and then Atlanta is also in August, I think. Did I get that right? Well, it's on the STS page. It's in the show notes. Um, I think we've got one in pretty much every state that surrounds us except Florida, but Florida's really like New York anywhere, so it's not really south. In what way is it like New York? It's full of, they're full of people from New York. <laughs> you go down there. Uh, it is. No, no one from. I don't think there's anyone. If if you go south of Orlando, you're not going to meet a native Floridian. <laughs> yeah, the joke, Stuart, is that Florida is full of Mickey Mouse and New Yorkers. Very true. Okay, okay. and English people. It's a sick. <laughs> <laughs> like something to avoid. Okay, and John, what's your tip? So I have a couple. Uh, first is, of course, IMLUG and Midwest Lug. You guys have talked about both of them. Uh, PSE is a sponsor. Uh, I'm speaking at both, uh, both my session with David Vai on the Notes Domino application uh, competitive advantage, and uh, Luis Gura guy is doing his uh, health check session. Um, but two really non-Lotus-related tips. The first one is a product called Tiles from Starduck. Stardock. It's kind of like a task manager that sits on your side that is categorized automatically. I love it. It's a PC only. Sorry, Stuart. But, um, and it's free. And then the other one is, uh, I, I can't stand that the uh, movie companies have decided my Blu-rays shouldn't play on my computer. So everybody should own any DVD HD, which basically bypasses all the, the the protection rules and lets you play a Blu-ray on any computer with a Blu-ray player. 
So does that let you watch them live, or do you have to rip them using that? Oh, uh, it lets you watch them live, which is what Excellent. I... For 50 bucks a year, it's basically the best tool I've ever used. Wonderful. And actually, for Mac users on that very topic, uh, it has been impossible to watch Blu-rays at all on Macs up till now. And a third-party ISV has just released a tool that lets you watch them live uh, in the same way as John's just mentioned on the PC. So I'll make sure there's a link to that in the show notes too. And Jonathan, do you have a tip for us? Uh, yes, we have a uh, 30-day free trial available on our website, notesconnectors.com. Um, and you can try the... Um, uh, the Windows XP or the Windows 7 versions, uh, 32 or 64-bit. Um, and uh, give it a shot and see if you like it. Excellent. Thank you. And can you uh, give us a link? We'll make sure that's in the show notes for, for listeners too. Yes, we will. Sure. Okay, and my tip for this week is, um, you know, many partners like us spend an awful lot of time on Lotus Live meetings, not not just with IBM, but with customers and, and partners as well. Um, and there's been a Lotus Live meetings app for the iPhone out for a year or so, but it, they've taken a while to update it for the iPad, but there is now a new app. It's not the same one you have to download it separately from the app store but it's for the ipad it runs native on the ipad full screen uh, has some additional features over the iphone one in terms of being able to see um, attendees and, and that kind of thing much more easily so there's a link in the show notes there's also a blog post on the legislative blog as well it's free even better and, and i've really taken to using it kind of alongside my mac so yeah it's pretty hard to watch a, a long conference on the you know computer whilst also doing useful work so therefore <laughs> <laughs> not that I would ever not pay attention on conference calls, obviously. Um, so I'll have the iPad running with the latest live meeting and then uh, be doing useful stuff on the Mac too. So, so Stuart's that... just out himself. Keep all Stuart meetings less than 10 minutes. Less than that, Do, preferably. Go on. Does go. that also work with the web dialogues stuff or is it just Lotus Live meetings? I haven't tried it with the web dialogues. Um, I know the iPhone one had problems, didn't it? It only really worked with the Lotus Live meeting. So I'd assume this will be the same, but maybe that's something we can try out this week. So in honor of, you know, Darren, I will have my one complaint. <laughs> can You're we allowed? please get every single web meeting that we as a community have to partake with IBM on a single URL? rant done <laughs> absolutely and also make it so when you log into this live it carries your username across into the meeting too um so okay that's a that's a good a good tip and hopefully a, a minor rant from mr head make a note um for the guys that, that are in that department um so that brings us to the end of our episode we're just over the hour so we'll just go around the table one more time asking how do people find you track you down uh, get hold of you uh, in the week ahead so darren do you want to kick us off blog.darrenduke.net for all things technically related and a somewhat quiet week on Twitter, Darren Duke, all one word for my 140 character rants of which Google Plus is the latest target. <laughs> Excellent, thank you Darren. And uh, John Head, do you want to tell us uh, how people get hold of you? Yep, so johndavidhead.com is my blog. Uh, John Head on Twitter. Typically John D. Head everywhere else. LinkedIn, Facebook, um, Skype and uh, jhead at pscgroup.com is email. Wonderful. What's this email thing you talk about? It's the way we actually make money. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, John. Great to have you on the podcast at last after a year and a bit of doing these things. Hopefully we can have you back on again sometime soon. Thanks for having me. Great. And also, Jonathan, how do people track you down? Uh, email jgreep at jgreep.com. Um, we have a Twitter at, at Notes Connectors. Um, also a blog, notesconnectors.blogspot.com. Lovely. Thank you very much. Thanks for taking part. And uh, I advise people to go and have a look at the website for, for your products too. They look really great. So thank you for being involved today. Well, thank you for having me. Okay, and I'm Stuart McIntyre. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Stuart McIntyre and the company is Collaboration Matters. The website is collaborationmatters.com. So thank you for joining us today on This Week in Lotus. Till next week, bye. All opinions expressed during this podcast are those of the participants only and do not necessarily represent those of their employer.
How you doing, Darren? I am doing amazing. Except oh. there, there is a leaking toilet on my floor, and it's constantly flushing, so I may have to go to the bathroom like every two and a half minutes. <laughs> as long as we can't hear it on here, I don't know. <laughs> I need to go and get a plastic bottle. <laughs> God, that's a rough voice to hear first thing in the morning. <laughs> I'm okay, it's a little early here, but I will, Seven. I will get through it. It's not Duffbert or El Bruce Elgort time zone. Come on, dude. Soldier on. Yeah. Yeah, well, they're, they live in... They live in freaky Birkenstock land. That's not my problem. <laughs> See, I can be good. And not only that, but almost at the beginning of a podcast, I got upset talking about Clippy because that little asshole... <laughs> really used to drive me nuts. Knocking on the screen. It looks like you're writing a letter. It looks like you're resigning. It looks like you're writing the Prime Minister. It's like, get away from me, you piece of crap. Plus, people got to see pictures of me as a kid and, and, and have blackmail. <laughs> I, I think that kind of thing you're best putting out yourself, though, aren't you? Better, better that you put it out and then other people find it through other routes. Yes, I'm fully expecting, though, to Miller to use one of those pictures as my bio picture at IMLog on the main screen. Oh, he should. <laughs> he will. That's, it's not a should. It's a he will.